Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy, WEHC 90.7, coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. And we've got a great show for you today. I have Brenda Humphreys on, and we're going to talk about her poetry, her life, and Maya Angelou. So, Brenda Humphrey, welcome to Poets and Writers. Oh, thank you. It is so wonderful to finally be here, Henry. Well, I see you around, and we've had some great discussions, and so now we're getting down to the interview time, and I am so pleased that you've had such an interesting life, and the first question we always ask, Brenda, is where are you from? I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I returned to live here again in 91 or 92, 93, Mm -hmm. something like that. And I say again because I left after high school in 69 or 65. 65, yeah. All right, you grew up here, and but you've, you've been around the world, haven't you? Talk a little bit about, you went to high school here, and then what, what, did, what did you do? I finished Bishop McGinnis, and then I went away to, how, let's just say Howard University, where I finished in 69. Mm-hmm. And I got a graduate degree as a Ford Fellow from Howard in uh, city planning, which was in the School of Architecture at that time. And it fell right into my interest level. I love houses and buildings and looking at how they fit together and all the things that architectural drawings render. And what did you do after you left Howard? We know Howard, that's up in... uh North Washington, D.C. Yeah, well, the thing about being at Howard, and especially in the architectural department, is that it's the most, at that time, it was the most international academic setting Mm -hmm. a black girl could find herself in. Mm -hmm. People were coming into Howard from all over the country, mostly because of its technical studies in medicine Mm -hmm. and pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. studies and architecture and engineering and those things that they would take back and build their countries with. Well, I hung out with the librarians, and so I ended up accepting their uh, suggestion that I come to their country and work. I say suggestion carefully because Uh, Maybe I took it as an invitation, and when I showed up, they were shocked. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But as you say, I traveled around the world. I was a Ford Fellow. Well, that was my intent, to travel around the world. I was a Ford Fellow in city planning, and I wrote my thesis such that I could consider looking at old planned cities, planned cities of the old world. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten what my hypothesis was. I just needed to spend up the rest of the money that Ford had given me, and that was a good way to do it. So that got me going. I sent them the paper that they needed to document the use of the Ford Fellowship money. And but then I just didn't come home again for three more years. Okay, right. <laughs> My mother came uh, the second year I was gone to travel to to say, "What is taking you so long to get around the world?" And she had a hickory stick. In and her. she came to visit you in what country? I, by that time, I had only made it to Switzerland. Okay, but you had started out. You had let, you went to Liberia, didn't you? No, I did. I was on my way to Liberia. Oh. I was on my way to Liberia for two years before I got there. So you can also oh. imagine oh. their shock. Okay. When I showed uh, up. All right, well, Brenda Humphreys, we've got so much to talk about today, and uh, as we like to say, we go back, you know. And so we're going to talk about Maya Angelou and your relationship to her. Uh, tell our audience out here around the valley 
little bit about Maya and how you came to know her. Well, I was back from living abroad for four years. Um, my mother had not succeeded in bringing me back, so I was gone another two years after she mm -hmm. gave up. Uh, and there was a newspaper article on me in the Winston-Salem paper. I came back, of course, to Winston-Salem, which is where my mother was, in order to get my bearings and see what I would do next. And Maya Angelou's secretary over at Wake Forest saw the article. She was looking, she was looking for a person to travel with Maya as a, travel, as a paid travel companion. And uh, she saw the article. I, I should say she had been one of my father's students. My father taught at Columbia Heights Grammar School in those days, and she had been one of his students. So now, wait, Maya Angelou had been one of his students? The secretary the who secretary, was looking okay. for someone to be her travel companion. I got you. Because she didn't want to do it. Right. <laughs> she had the right. secretarial and office stuff to do. And so I was called... Uh, we got acquainted, the secretary and I got acquainted over the phone. She talked about my dad and all, and um, asked me if I would come in for an interview, and the rest is history. And you were with her for how long? I was with her twice. I should say that her, her time at Wake Forest was organized by her such that she did a mini course, M-I-N-I, every spring, and uh, whatever else the administration needed her to do for first semester, but the rest of second semester was for her time on the lecture circuit. Okay. So, I did second semester with her twice, okay. 10 years apart. Okay, well tell our audience out here, and 99% of them know who my Angelou. Do you say Angelo or Angelou? Either. Either. Right, tell, tell them. Tell a little bit about drift. her. Tell our audience who she is. Um, she is a... How do you say that? In mm -hmm. Who is she? She's a yeah. poet. She's mm -hmm. a writer. She's a screen... Uh, a film producer. She likes to say she's the first black film producer in Hollywood. She uh, she has a whole cascade of things that she lists that she is, and I can never take issue with any of them because she does do them all. Well, how did you find? Uh, we're talking with Brenda Humphreys today on Poets and Writers. Brenda, how did you find her to work with? Talk a little bit about her personality. A little bit. Well, we both have strong personalities. Mm -hmm. And I think that she liked me to work for her because of that mm -hmm. and because I had travel experience and because I speak a few languages myself. Mm -hmm. In fact, we used to enjoy practicing languages and people would look at us and wonder, well, aren't they both Americans? Why are they mm -hmm. speaking in French, you know? But I think those things about me delighted her. It didn't delight her so much that I was so independent mm -hmm. and, and self-driven. But we learned to, 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 to work together and to know when I could take the lead and be myself and when I had to be more submissive and bow and give respect. So it didn't bother me. Well, her, first, her book that I'm familiar with and was an inspiration to many, of course, is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Is that... 
correct mm -hmm. uh, title, right? And, and the title comes from mm -hmm. an old poem in absolutely. black history. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the poem the poet, is by... Oh, absolutely. And, and I knew you were going to, we'll get to that in a minute, and I've just dropped his name, but if you folks out there know, uh, I know why the cage bird sings, and that's uh, from a great poem, and we will let it go with that by a great black poet. So she took it from that. Talk a little bit about her book. Which one? That one? That's yes. not my favorite. I, I, well, talk a little bit. I know, and then we'll get you. But I'll favorite. talk about that. Right. Um, I think what's, what's happening in that and why it put her to such fame is because of the repressed uh, rage a lot of women have had to bear having bore the uh, bruises of sexual abuse. Let me just say it that way. That's what the book was really ultimately so famous for. And a lot of women gathered behind her in her name to say that this had happened to them too. Which leads me to the book I like best, Go. which is Gathered Together in My Name. Okay. She said that anybody who had lived things that they were ashamed of and they had to hide, could hide behind her. And she would speak it for them. Gather together in my name behind me. I was speaking. And that grew out of the, uh, the, the caged bird um, feeling of having been abused and nobody to talk to. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody gives it that interpretation but me. Now, today you have some poems I ask you to read a few poems of hers and you mentioned one we were talking earlier about the school children and you were with her when she could talk a little bit about the poem then read it for us on Poets and Writers today Brenda. Well yes the one that came to mind as we watched school children swishing and swashing every which away <laughs> at a school crossing it came to mind that she was thinking of women and, of course, the mothers were parked across waiting for the darlings. <laughs> exactly. And it made me think of uh, women's work, or it made her think of women's work, maybe, in the poem she wrote, which goes like this. I've got the children to tend, the clothes to mend, the floor to mop, and the food to shop. Then the chicken to fry, then the baby to dry. I got company to feed, the garden to weed. I've got the shirts to press, the tots to dress. Then the cane to be cut, I gotta clean up this mess. Shine on me, sunshine. Rain on me, rain, fall softly, do jobs, and kill, cool my brow again. But that's not my favorite, if I might read one sure. more. Oh, we'd, we'd love to have you. we love we, your voice. We, we were both single women at that time, actually single parents, and we, we, we talked some about that. Uh, without either of us prying too much, we could kind of fill in the gaps. One poem she wrote that uh, became... <laughs> A favorite in our household is they went home. They went home and told their wives that never once in all their lives had they known a girl like me, but they went home. They said my house was licking clean. No word I spoke was ever mean. I had an air of mystery, but they went home. My praises were on all men's lips. They liked my smile, 
my wit, my hips. They'd spend one night or two or three, but that's that. I will tell you, at that time, I had a three-year-old. How she learned the lyrics to that poem, I will never figure out. But she went around the house, they went home and told their wives. So I told Maya that one day on the plane. I said, Jaya repeats that? She loves that poem. Maya looked at me, she said, does she know what it means? I said, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> All right, now, so interesting. I, I know you folks here in the Valley and... Uh, we're streamed all over the world, as you know, on WEHC 90.7, Poets and Writers. Great guest here today, Brenda Humphrey, just enjoying her so much, talking about Maya Angelou. I believe we get, we'll get you back to one more poem before we finish today, because I love to hear you. I, I've heard, I followed my own uh, on a program once, so I've definitely heard her read, and she was, uh, shall we say, a hard act to follow. What, what a phenomenal woman, you say. All right, let's, uh, what, you have one there handy for us right now? Or, okay, well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about you. Now, I have a magazine that you shared with me, and the title of it is Portland, and there's this beautiful, uh, young woman on here. I guess she's about 10 years younger than you. But talk a little bit about this magazine, Portland. And this is you several years ago. Go He's being it. kind 10 years ago. When was this? In um, 84, I think. This, they right. hide years, don't they? they? They hide that. But anyway, anyway it was 84, 84, 85, yeah. 86. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda Humphrey, 40 years old, editor of Munjoy Hill Observer. Exactly. Right there. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about the magazine and the cover first. Talk about the cover. I, I uh, was, uh, I don't know how Portland Monthly Magazine pinpointed me for an interview because the Munjoy Hill Observer is a community newspaper, actually in Portland's uh, actually, probably in Maine's oldest community, but certainly Portland's. It's on a hill, of course, strategically st mm -hmm. uh, planted mm -hmm. so that they could watch all the maritime, was it maritime, mm -hmm. uh, activity. And there's an old lighthouse on the hill, the oldest in the country that is, it has some peculiarity that that makes it special. And I'm not a lighthouse specialist, I don't remember. But it was my neighborhood, and you can see in the background the lighthouse. That's what mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. So I uh, somehow got pinpointed as having revived Portland Mundial Hill Observer, which was the name of the community newspaper. And the editor of Portland Monthly Magazine pinpointed me for an interview. So that's how that happened. And how did uh, talk a little about your picture here. So the journalist came to my home, and uh, I should back up and say I used to do fashion modeling. And in Portland, I, I did quite a bit. It was surprising to me. I don't think there were many black models around, so I got the a majority of the calls when some diversity was needed in a shoot. 
And I had done a shoot uh, for a, a Joe, I've forgotten Josephine's last name, but she did wonderful silk designs on scarves and material in general. And one particular uh, photograph I had framed in my living room when the interviewer came and he said, oh, we like that, we'll use that for the magazine. I didn't realize he was gonna put it on the cover. So it is a good picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you'd be sure to get approval from the photographer first. Of course, he didn't. The magazine went all around. Uh, and uh, the photographer was terribly angry with me. And I said, wait a minute. I told them to talk to you. They didn't. Whatever you guys do to settle that, I'm not in it. So... Well, that is a beautiful story. It is a beautiful picture and a beautiful magazine, so on. So thank you for bringing. Mm -hmm. We're here on Cambridge Road today and just enjoying so much talking with Brenda Humphrey. She is a local legend and definitely knows a lot about Maya Angelou and life in, as well. And so getting back to, I want to steer you back to one more of her poems, if you don't mind. One or two. You've got, what book mm -hmm. do you have there? I have a book that at the time I worked for her was a compilation of all the poems she had written thus far. She has written and had so many more books of poetry published beyond this period uh, that I'm really not all that familiar with. But you mentioned uh, Phenomenal mm -hmm. Woman, did you? Mm -hmm. Is that one you know and mm -hmm. and probably would like to hear? I, I, would, I would love to hear you read it. Okay, yes. and, and I'm looking for it. That was one that she usually always closed with. Well, you know, when we were uh, talking earlier, I know why the cage bird sings. Was that Langston Hughes' yes, poems? Yes, I think it was yeah. Langston uh, Hughes. We're getting there. You're man. right, you're right. So. Our old yeah. brains are pulling it up. Yeah. Well, I'm looking for Phenomenal Woman, and it's not coming up, but I do have In Still I Rise. Well, I'll go for you it. You remember that one? Absolutely. Have you heard that yeah. one? Oh, she absolutely. would always close with this. All right. <laughs> I told her once, well, if you can't make it to the close, and I can do this one for you. She said, don't even think about it, Miss Humphrey. <laughs> Brenda Humphrey reading my Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, whew, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops? Weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Oh, don't take it awfully hard, cause I laugh, ha, like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. That is 
Well, there's wow. more, but you, shall I finish? Ready? Yes, please, please. <laughs> Does my sexiness offend you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance? Ooh. Like I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Beautiful. <laughs> Maya Angelou, read by Brenda Humphrey. Great expression. Wow. What a great delivery there. Now we're talking, we've talked about Maya now, and but you've been working on a book. Mm -hmm. And I know I you work on it because I get... Emails from you at 4.30 in the morning. Saying, oh, Writer's time. I'm, I'm, I'm working on this book, Henry. I'm going to get back to you. Writer's time, 4 a.m. All right, now talk a little bit about the book you're working on and the title and so forth. Well, the book is three-part, and, of course, I'm working only on the first part. Uh, the book is, at this point, is Angelo, Angelou, whatever, Storms the USA, and it covers my first travel stint with her, which was a, a, a seven, when was that, 82, 83, academic school year, 82, 83. The second time was 10 years later, academic school year, 90, 92, 93, after she'd done the Bill Clinton inaugural poem, mm -hmm. because it led to so much male Boxes and boxes every day the uh, mailman would deliver. There was the stone and the uh, I can't I can't get the title right now of the Bill Clinton. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. But but anyway, I interrupt you. Keep going. So so my book is uh, it covers part one covers Angelou Storms the USA and it covers the first time I worked with her. Mm -hmm. The part two, it's a three-part, uh, really, novella. The second part covers me moving, coming back home, of course, which I had done from being away four years overseas, coming back home and realizing that my mother is on a slow decline to dementia and uh, I need to make some, some decisions about things. That's book number two. Book number three, and but I couldn't, I wasn't successful. I wasn't successful in, in managing what needed to be managed with her decline. And mm -hmm. so my daughter and I ended up having to leave the house. And uh, I thought I'll get as far away as possible mm -hmm. until I have to come back, then I will. That's mm -hmm. how I ended up in Portland, Maine. Mm -hmm. Book three... Of course, would begin with me coming back, having to deal with the dementia and all the chaos that it had 
uh, that had ensued because I hadn't been successful in handling things earlier. I should say my mother had a boyfriend who who moved in, lived and took over and fought at me. So book three is me coming back, taking control of my mother, working for Maya again after she'd done the Clinton poem and moving okay. on oh. with my life and getting married. Okay, and so you call it Storming, again the title of it? Well, part one is Angelou Storms the USA. Okay. Because we went all over oh, for from February to June. Well, the first part of the tour was academic uh, stages with student budgets. You yes. know, they get and to call in people. And then the can... second part of, of the first tour I did with her was... Uh, well, the last part was commencements. Oh, the second part was she had a new book come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, Random House yeah. took control of what we did and gave us our, yeah. our agenda every yeah. week. So that was about six weeks of touring just to bookstores and, and doing autograph sessions with people buying the book. And the book was, uh, I think the book was Give Me a Cool Drink of Water. No, no, the book was I Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. Wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, we you know, no, it, it wasn't. That That's was a, the second book. I toured with her twice on books. The first book was a title that we'll have to uh, put in later. But anyway, so you did this traveling with her, and my goodness gracious! And, and let me just say, and then the third segment of the of the travel itinerary was commencement addresses. All right, and then but there's some big state, and you know, she came on. She had a star presence. I don't mm -hmm. have to tell you that. Mm -hmm. And so you would uh, travel with her and help with the do the scheduling and so on, or was that part no? Of scheduling just... came from Lord Lee and Dame, which was an agent uh, booking a booking agent in Boston, mm -hmm. and the travel itinerary came from uh, uh, Fresh Pond, a travel agency also in Massachusetts. I just got to schedule every week the uh, where we appeared and the. Tickets that day they still printed tickets with the plane schedule of where we had to go and take off from and let those kinds of things came into my hand every week. Absolutely. So we're talking with uh, Brenda Humphrey today about her life and traveling with Maya Angelou and many other aspects of her life. She's had a great. You've, we've had a great journey and still and your husband Bob. Right, and you, right. you guys, where did you guys meet, very briefly? thought you might ask me very? that. I was uh, involved in a, a work situation called Witness for Peace, and we were having witnesses as we could, not religious, yeah. in Central America because we didn't want to see another Vietnam War. And we thought if we kept Americans on the ground making reports back that might that might curtail it. We don't know what did so but you something met, worked. So you met I met him at a cultural event that brought Nicaraguan youth to sing in Winston Salem. We were on a stage at Haynes Auditorium and I was the MC. Absolutely. Well we want to give a shout out to Bob too today. Bob Stern, my great husband. Your own poets and writers. And any closing comments here today? We've just been had a ball listening to you today and talking with you, Brenda Humphrey. Mm, closing comments would be uh, just give me a cool drink of water before I die.
Amen. Thank you so much. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or still away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Thank you for listening. <laughs>